0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Wednesday morning, October 11th, 2023. It is 608, 52 degrees in the capital city. On our way to a uh, warmer, but perhaps a little bit of a uh, a volatile weather day, especially as we get into the evening. Yeah, we've got a chance of some thunderstorms after 5 p.m. tonight. Maybe a chance of those getting a little bit of severe, a little bit severe tonight. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. But until then, uh, signing a little bit warmer, high 70s today, high 70s. Thursday um and uh, then I'll cool off during the uh during the day and then uh into the evening Thursday night Friday And Saturday and Sunday highs in the low to mid-50s with the winds really jumping up here after that point. So maybe the last day that we're going to see a sunny, not super windy day for a while here during the course of the actual day today. Got a good show for you today on a Wednesday morning. That means it's What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. And our communication methods are open for you. You can text in whatever it is that's bugging you today at 402-479-1400. Uh That's open 24-7. You can also go to Facebook.com slash LNK today. I posted a thread there yesterday where we always have some discussion on what Chaps I'd Wednesdays. And then, of course, we'll open the phone lines up for you, too, as well. And uh, like, like we always say, we believe that when you get those things off your chest, even if they are little stupid things that, uh, that you don't feel like you want to bring up with anyone else, it's okay to do it here And because uh, we all have them too. Discuss them a little bit, maybe find some commonalities, some shared frustration, move on with the day in a whole much more pleasant headspace. Uh, we'll count down the five things that you're going to be talking about today with The Morning Drive. Eight o'clock hour, uh, as Stephen mentioned, we'll have the mayor on today at 8.10. And at eight thirty-five, John Bishop is going to join us after kind of a newsy day yesterday in Husker football as well. So let's get to plus fantasy Huskers keywords coming at six thirty-five and eight ten. So that is what we've got going on. Uh, let's jump into some of the news because Caleb, we got some today. After I whined about it yesterday,
2: hey, we just had to wait wait a couple days we, into the week. We
1: got a we got a decent amount. I will have the mayor joining me at eight ten, but she unveils her state of the city. Uh, plan, uh, or state of the city address, she unveils her plan at that, which is uh, she wants to make Lincoln, as she called it, the quality of life capital of the country. Lincoln standing at the dawn of a new golden era. Wow. Bold there Mm -hmm. from the mayor in terms of the goals. And so she says to that end, she will pursue 13 priority pillars going forward. And when she says quality of life, she says to make Lincoln the safest and healthiest capital city in America, to grow the great life and create an even more dynamic downtown working together. She said we will create a quality of life that sets the golden standard.
2: So do you know what I like about the the goal of being the best capital city in America. Best quality of life capital. Doesn't matter what the That's qualifier is. That's how she is. did. She didn't say the best capital. Just, just clarifying. Either way, Omaha, you're not even eligible. <laughs> you're not even up for the competition. Yeah, but I think she said... She, no, I think, she Don't said, care. She didn't say the best capital city. She said That's what I heard.
1: The quality of life capital of nope. the country. Meaning... Nope. As in the national quality of life, capital every city being eligible. I if it's the believe. best,
2: if it's the best quality of life, how is it not the best? Um, uh, um, yeah. Well, it's. It, it, uh, I, I heard she's competing with the forty-nine other. I don't think cities. that's what she meant. but nope. that's okay. number one. It's, it's okay, number one. So
1: you might be saying, well, okay, how is she going to do? What thirteen things could you do? What thirteen things could you do to make Lincoln? However, you interpret it, my way or Caleb's way, <laughs> the quality of life capital. You're
2: number one on whatever list
1: of the country. Um, so uh, here are the thirteen. Here are the thirteen pillars: a co-responder program, uh, which will be a partnership with LPD and mental health professionals to provide enhanced co-response to mental health-related calls for service. Uh, I, I believe there's some grant money that allows. Uh, for them to do this, this has been something I, I assume this will be f- you know, fairly non-controversial. It's just whether you can keep it going. This has been something people in LPD have talked about for years and how you don't have officers that aren't necessarily trained um, to deal with some of the mental health situations that they are called to. Mm-hmm. And there's been a desire to have people who are trained specifically in dealing with those things to assess the, the situation, provide whatever you know, help is needed at that point to, to be more of a part of that. That's what this uh, would provide, that you basically have a mental health professional going out to the mental health-related calls for service along with LPD. So that's number one. Number two, a use substance use prevention project. So this apparently is with the Lincoln-Lancaster County Health Department. Uh, that's described as a community collaboration that goes on uh, through integrated evidence-based prevention programs. Uh, So a little bit of information on that permanent supportive housing facility, 24 apartments, wraparound services to help functionality and chronic homelessness in Lincoln. Interesting to hear more about that one. AARP, age friendly community designation, enhance the health and well-being for older residents. And then uh, the next the uh, the next category that was in uh, safest and healthiest. The next category is growth street investments ninety eight million dollars over the next two fiscal years affordable housing projects to create two thousand high quality affordable units over the next four years Water 2.0 we've talked a lot about that a multimodal transit center uh, to be built to connect people more efficiently to jobs and classrooms so uh, this would be the you know the the bus hub and I'm not sure what other. When they say multimodal, what else that would completely mean there? So that'll be an interesting discussion. A landfill biogas facility that captures and transforms methane gas that comes out of the landfill into a renewable and marketable energy source. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, workforce development, uh, credential over 40 community members with commercial CDLs to fill high-paying jobs in a high-demand field. Uh, that's a grant that they got that's going to uh, enable them to do that. Uh, And then Dynamic Downtown is the last uh, section. Uh, The Downtown Corridors Cultivation Project. So that's about streetscape enhancements for attractiveness, safety, connectivity, vibrancy of the three principal corridors. A downtown music district that would create a multi-use band practice space, specialty lighting, and music experiences and infrastructure improvements for an exciting district that amps up tourism and good times. And then a South Haymarket Park, which will become Lincoln's destination downtown park. Dog run, interactive water feature, inclusive playground, in-ground skate park uh, for downtown Lincoln. So those are the 13. I'll ask her about some of the questions that that
2: I've got on these. Um, You should probably also ask her along the lines of what we've already received multiple texts about. What's that? Taxes. Taxes. Quality of life means... Taxes. I know.
1: I know. Listen, I've been here for 17 years. I know <laughs> what people want to hear about. I'm not I'm just running down what was said yesterday. I've only got 15 zillion. Yes, I know.
3: Oh god, these
1: are my favorite days. I love them so much. <laughs> love them. Uh all right. At least, so there at you the go. Very I least, just wanted to at least run down the Don't ask her about Taylor Swift. I'm not that i am not touching that whole thing. <laughs> I'm not touching that whole thing. Good. Um All right, so we've got that uh, petition news. Yeah. They got the signatures for the private education tax credits referendum. And then some. Plenty of of them, and so that will be enough for that to go to the polls in November of 2024. Uh, The Secretary of State, Evden... Said after careful review by our county election officials, I can confirm that the constitutional requirements have been met to place the referendum petition on the November 2024 ballot. So uh, voters would get that. And so they needed 61,308 signatures to add the petition to the ballot. Secretary of State said they got 91,861. And then there's the county requirement with this too. They need 5% of registered voters in 64. Um, uh, they needed 38, excuse me, of the 93, they got 64 of the 93. So, uh, there was a, a bit of a cushion there that they, they put on that just to make sure they were going to be able to get that thing on the ballot. And now Caleb, that issue, uh, after what was kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it, it got a little. I don't know what the word is exactly. I mean, you, d- during the whole signature process, you had the 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 dueling signature gatherers and the uh, decline to sign versus the accept to sign and both of them saying we're helping Nebraska's kids and you had all of that sort of drama play out uh-huh. over the course of this whole thing. What does that look like as you get into the next phase of this? How much money is involved? enable uh, uh for both of these groups to be able to get their messaging out as this does go to the ballot because mm-hmm. this is one of those issues it's not you know I think sometimes that you've got you've got issues that are going to end up going to the ballot on a petition that are pretty simple um at least to the voters when they look at am I a yay or nay on this you know legalizing gambling for instance mm-hmm. you know that one that one got passed so there're obviously some some internal questions within that but in general, you kind of know where you are on it, most likely. This one, there's definitely going to be some people where they know where they're at on it. And then I think there are going to be some people who are trying to figure out what all of the implications are to, to their lives or their opinions on this, especially given kind of the similar, the similar messaging at the top level on this whole thing, mm-hmm. where it's help schools, help kids, you know, you make the schools better. Right. They're both saying the same, the same thing at the highest level of this whole thing.
2: Right. You you have to go through. It's like you're doing math and and you're you're dividing fractions and you go okay, what what are the same things? You go cross a bunch of stuff out and then you get down to like the one or two things that actually separate right. the two sides. Right.
1: So, um, and, and and I I this is what we've talked about when this first started, Caleb. We had several conversations about. Kind of the that, you know, parts of this are kind of easy predict, easy to predict where where people will end up on this issue in terms of the voting public. But there's also some sections where you can't sort of neatly divide this into right or left on this one either. And that goes, I think, for some rural communities, some counties that don't have a lot of private schools in the areas or may Mm -hmm. not have any. Mm -hmm. And then I think you can also apply it in the opposite direction in some of the more urban communities in the in the state where you do have public school districts that um, where there there are, you know, communities who say, hey, we need to have these private school options here because Mm -hmm. the public school offerings are, are, you know, not good enough here at this point, essentially. So where normally you'd be like, wait, these people are on the opposite sides of the issues in the other other direction here with this. So I don't know. I mean, I have no good sense of of how this is going to go on the ballot. By the way, you, st- I pulled this up. There's a, I pulled a list of all of the ballots in circulation right now. How many are um, there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, including this one. Now the other ones that you probably know about, two of which are um, for medical marijuana. So that that is two of them. One of them you maybe have seen. I've seen some gathers for. That's the paid sick leave initiative. That one's out there too. And so that makes up four of them. Um, the other, uh, I guess, there's eight of them. So that makes four of, of the eight. There's one that is out there. I didn't even I didn't even know this exact. Maybe I did, but it's not quite as been uh, prolific as some of the other ones. There's one that basically is. Out there to completely make abortion illegal, um, um, I, th- I believe it's from. I don't want to misstate where it's called the Human Life Protection Initiative. You can look it up. I haven't. I, I kind of scanned it a little bit, but I don't want to misstate what it is asking for. And then there's two of them that go together that are uh, consumption or excise taxes and grocery items exemption. What there's one out there that basically says all taxes are illegal except for consumption or excise taxes. And we're also going to tax groceries on that. Okay. Basically, those are two that go together. And then there's another cannabis constitutional amendment that is separate from the medical one. That is someone basically just asking for a constitutional amendment saying cannabis is completely legal. Okay. In all in all situations. So those are the ones that are that are still out there right now. I would say the ones that are likely to get on the ballot are probably the paid sick leave initiative, and maybe this time the the medical marijuana. Uh, one. Those are probably the most likely, in in, in addition to the private education t- tax credits referendum, to be on there. So uh, that's the update there, and that campaign will continue into twenty twenty four. Matt Rule spoke yesterday, and well, the bad news is is something that I kind of. I kind of figured was coming, but it still hurts, and that's uh, yet another offensive skill position player out for the year Mm -hmm. in Marcus Washington. Torn ACL. And it looked bad when it happened, so I kind of assumed that was coming, but uh, he will be out for the year, and that leaves Nebraska now with one fewer wide receiver in a room that is ever shrinking
4: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, since the the beginning of the year and meaning you're going to have more uh more some of these freshmen that people have been wanting to see they're going to get their chance they already have a little bit probably more than <laughs> but now there's you there, there's no but, choice you got yeah.
2: those guys have got to play now you got just now you've bodies. got
1: Billy Kemp and you've got uh, Bullock and Hahn and then it's <laughs> and I guess Fleeks is technically a wide receiver then you got the you know the freshman pretty das, much next to the charge Malachi Lloyd charts. yep yep so we'll be uh, we'll be seeing more of those so hopefully hopefully one or multiple of those guys can can sort of uh, step out here up to the challenge that they're going to have coming up for the rest of the season.
2: And then it's helpful in that aspect, by the way, that you are in an off week as opposed to, let's say you got this news and it's Wednesday and those guys are going, okay, I've got three days to get ready. yeah, And I'm sure they've been trying to get ready for any of the games already, but now there's the mindset switch of you have to be the guy now.
1: So just to review... Three of Nebraska's top four wide receivers out for the season. Uh, well, out for the season or left during fall camp, if right. you want to con- add Xavier you Batson into best. that. Nebraska's starting quarterback, when he was the starting quarterback, we'll get to that in a moment, extended injury. Nebraska's Two of Nebraska's top three running backs out for the season with injuries. Nebraska's best, most experienced linebacker, out right now or has been out, hopefully coming back, but has been out because of illness. Uh, no,
2: potentially your best tight end coming in.
1: The best tight, yeah. Potentially your best tight tight end coming in. Didn't get on the field for a variety of reasons. Uh, your best pass rusher was out. Your best, well, let's Cam Lenhart. Maybe that's that's a little bit much calling the best pass rusher. But he, I think he was one of your best through the was. first few games. Uh, he, he just came back now, and then you had. One safety that left the team. You had one safety that uh, came into fall camp injured and hasn't played yet and is probably out maybe this entire year. And then another one that went out uh-huh. last week for the entire year. So a few position groups hit especially hard. And it sounds like, for now, Harburg's the guy at quarterback.
2: Yeah, for now. I think they're waiting to see if an opportunity comes up where they plug Jeff Sims in and he's able to reel it in. But right now it's the it like at
1: least At least he's going to be the one that comes out coming up next Saturday is what it sounded like from Rule yesterday. All right, it's 625. We'll take a break. That's a look at what's happening in the capital city this morning. we got sports coming up next. you to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
5: Getting the whole story. Always accurate coverage.
4: 1,499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln, and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, it's bi-week fantasy Huskers, the week where
1: you get to adopt your own top 25 team if you get a pick. And uh, you got to have the keyword to do that and text it into us, 402-479-1400. We're going to pick one of you who sends it in for the next pick, which would be pick number five this week on Fantasy Oscars. Keyword for Wednesday at 635 is? Chaps. Chaps. C-H-A-P-S. Chaps. And text that in, and you will have a chance to pick the top twenty-five team of your choice. At least what's remaining. What is off the board right now is uh, is who? Caleb,
2: number six, Penn State, number eight, Oregon, number ten, USC, number eleven, Alabama.
1: All right, those four are off the board. Pick your new favorite team, your temporary favorite team for a week and cheer them on this weekend to be the highest scoring team in the top 25 all right with that said it is time to get into the sound off lots of stuff over the last 24 hours that we need to get to Regarding the uh, Israel-Hamas war, we're going to get just first the latest from Trey Yanks, who is embedded near the border.
8: The Israeli artillery units are working. You can hear that boom behind me. They're trying to hit the eastern part of the Gaza Strip and clear a path for what is expected to be a massive ground invasion in the coming days. Thousands of troops are staging here along the border. These artillery units working from this side, the Israeli Navy working from the other, and the Air Force striking targets overnight in a variety of neighborhoods. In the northern and eastern part of the Gaza Strip. This is coming, though, as we're getting some breaking news out of northern Israel along the border with Lebanon, where the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah appears to have fired an anti tank missile at a group of Israeli soldiers.
1: Now, um, that, so that's, first of all, I don't, from what I read, and again, that's how I'm gleaning most of this stuff is, is reading a lot of sources, is that that does not necessarily signify full on involvement by Hezbollah uh which is this Lebanese group which is uh from from what i understand much more sophisticated much more militarily competent than Hamas is and would significantly change it making a multi-front war uh, but the the reports are that there is little desire for them to really fully get involved in this right now because mm-hmm. They know that, obviously, they, there would be a significant downside. they take significant losses in this whole thing. The Lebanese economy is already in a bad place right now. Uh, that could just exacerbate that at this point. There's just not, d- despite at least vocal and symbolic support for Hamas and what's happening, it doesn't sound like at this time there's a lot of interest in going further than that and some of this rocket fire over the border, again, may have been some sort of symbolic, at, at least this is what it's called, not not necessarily an indication that they're ready to enter into the situation in a much larger phase. Now, U.S. brings in, you know, the USS Gerald Ford there, and they say yesterday, uh, I believe it was, it said, hey, we're not bringing this in for to fight Hamas mm-hmm. or anything like that. We're using it to deter other countries, other non-state entities from getting involved in this. So that would be who that message is is directed to as well. Now, uh, what he was also talking about there was Israel basically, again, gathering up troops and organizing on the border, which I guess I assume will eventually be a, a ground invasion, a land invasion into Gaza itself um and i don't know what the timing of that is um and i'm not i'm not sure if this is something that's imminent in the coming hours or days or weeks uh or i I assume it would happen sooner rather than later but i'm not totally sure on this obviously as is you know nobody other than those that are in the room there Uh, but again that that gaza strip that we've heard so much about so it's 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 about twice the size of Washington DC if you want to get an idea of what it is I, it physically okay. that's how that's how large it is right um two you know 2 million people who who live there as well um some have described it as the world's largest open air prison although it's not formally occupied the borders are uh, fairly tightly controlled by israel and egypt which restricts the movement of the people the palestinians who are there inside of it
2: by the um, way two million people that's the population of nebraska okay that's mm-hmm. roughly what nebraska's at
1: all right well th- there you go so you get you get the idea and then on the you know the one side of it is the sea um uh, um and the mediterranean sea there and then it borders egypt as well so that's, that's a little bit of an, an idea. And, you know, I, I guess the question is what what exactly would the, would the ground strikes look like? What would they be targeting? Um, how long, how quickly can you achieve the military goals that go along with that as well? Uh, all questions. But, I mean, I think it hasn't been announced, but it obviously looks like they're preparing for it here at this point. And I guess to some extent, does it have? Is any of it aimed at freeing the hostages that are still in Hamas custody at this point? Now I, I doubt it, and it sounds like, and we're gonna I'm about to play another clip here from Trey Yanks. It sounds like it's not like they think special forces are going to be able to go in and just do a rescue with this whole thing.
8: We spoke with a source who indicated the Qataris are acting as a middleman between the Israelis and Hamas as it relates to those hostages. It would not be surprising if other parties are involved, including the Egyptians. Traditionally, Qatar and Egypt have acted as that middleman between the two sides in the past, not just on things like hostages, but for things like aid and money that would flow into Gaza. What we do know is it will be incredibly difficult based on the statements from Hamas and also what we know about the Gaza Strip to retrieve these hostages.
1: Yeah, um, you don't know where they are. You you know, you're concerned about their their safety with with the whole thing as well. It, it depends on, I guess, what kind of intelligence that they've got. Um, I assume, you know, I don't think the United States is, I'm not sure what has been said and what hasn't been said, but I assume that the United States is involved in, in this process as well, especially since the thought is that there are some American hostages, like we had said a few right. days ago. I think that changes the situation a little bit probably significantly in terms of their involvement um i i don't know if that means that they've got teams that would actually go in but they probably have them on the ready i'm going to guess uh out there uh for the for this whole thing uh speaking of the united states uh obviously the president yesterday spoke uh spoke about this more indications on uh, exactly what their response, where they are right now on this whole thing, came out yesterday from the president and other people in the administration.
7: President Biden announcing 14 Americans are among the dead, giving a clear green light to Israel's military response amid calls from progressive Democrats like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Ilhan Omar for a ceasefire.
8: There's no justification for terrorism, there's no excuse.
7: Biden directed U.S. intelligence agencies to assist in hostage recovery efforts after officials revealed at least 20 Americans are missing or unaccounted for. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said while the U.S. has not established a direct link to Iran, the world's largest sponsor of terrorism is complicit, pointing to military funding, training, and support Iran has given Hamas for years.
4: All
1: right. So, um, latest, there are some of the things that we had already talked about. As well. Uh, And then the United States has started to send arms support already to the Israelis and the continuing efforts with the military strikes
8: back at Hamas. The Israeli Defense Forces is showing their appreciation for this shipment of U.S. munitions in a statement saying, quote, we are grateful for the U.S. backing and assistance to the IDF and to the state of Israel in general during this challenging period. Our common enemies know that the cooperation between our militaries is stronger than ever and is a key part in ensuring regional security and stability. Now, U.S. defense giant Boeing announced he will expedite the production of 1,000 GPS-guided 250 Fifty-pound small diameter bombs. The USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier strike group is now on station in the Eastern Mediterranean. A second strike group is steaming to the Med. The USS Eisenhower strike group joining Ford are a number of guided missile destroyers and a cruiser.
1: All right, so there you go. Get an idea of uh, exactly all of the not only the the personnel but just sort of the the deterrence type stuff that they've got. Out there, uh, for people to be for other for other state actors and non-state actors to be aware of. Uh, all right, let's do some other um, some other stuff beyond that. Oh yeah, they get going with this uh, House Speaker race today. Where they well they've been doing it behind closed doors. They've been talking behind closed doors, but it still seems like nobody really knows how this thing is going <laughs> to go when they get out there. And uh, you know, it it seems like. It seems like they would want to have their stuff together and make sure they've, you know, they've got one of them selected, but I don't know if they really do.
8: We're in the Longworth House office building. This is where a candidate forum is actually taking place between Steve Scalise, the majority leader, and also Jim Jordan. He is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Those are the two candidates running for speaker. They want to get a speaker so the House is operational, so they can deal with the Middle East. It is believed that Jordan has more vocal and public support than Scalise, but that does not mean Either candidate has the votes to win on the floor. The war in the Middle East expedited the need to have a speaker. Congress is paralyzed and cannot respond to the war.
1: All right. Uh, so, I mean, it could be over today. It could it could drag on for a while. Um, because, as, as we've talked about before, you essentially, I don't know, I, I can't remember the exact number. You can have a few defections within the party. The, the slight majority that the GOP has, assuming the Democrats will not, they'll they'll vote for their own guy the entire time. Right, they'll never vote for anyone that the Republicans put up in this thing. Then you've got to have near unanimity with obviously what was it? Eight people that voted that that voted against McCarthy, and they was it that, just eight? I thought it was eight, just five. That was I believe it was eight, eight plus. The yeah, de- eight plus the Democrats were enough. So that number's got to be down even fewer. And I don't know. It's it's almost like it's it's kind of like a game of chicken. Like who is going to who is going to compromise and settle and not get their 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 first choice here? And are there enough who who won't do that? And then we talked about this with Joe Jordan yesterday. There are voices like Don Bacon's, mm-hmm. who's been. I mean, he's a big McCarthy guy, and he's incredibly frustrated with the process right now as well. Is there? There are some who've been saying, "Hey, look, McCarthy's looking to get back into this." Even though he said the opposite right after that, is that is that possible as well? Are you are you able to to flip away some of those eight that voted against him, continuing to hold the seat at that time? I mean, you're dealing with just you've got. Like I said, it's just got to be almost. Near unanimity mm-hmm. for for the GOP in this, or it's going to stretch on and on and on and on until. And that's
2: the last thing anyone wants.
1: Uh, yeah, I is would for think. it to
2: get to the floor and then
1: just right. all fall apart again. Right now, I suppose. I suppose the other thing you could do, but I, they've been unified and against it right now. Is go is go to the Democrats and try and pick up some votes there and say, hey, look. This is an emergency mm-hmm. situation here at this point. The The situation is different than it was, you know, a week plus ago. And, you know, would you would you be willing to give your support just to, to we actually have someone in this position so the House can act on anything? I don't know if that'll happen. They've been pretty unified here in this situation. But maybe that's what you have to go to with this. Yeah. All right, Um. right. Let's see. Let's.
2: This is. This is some. Potentially- Which, by the way, if they do have to go to the Democrats. How's that going to play in a year?
1: For when, what, for who? When you yeah.
2: when you when you get to when you get to these midterms? Yeah, I don't
1: know. I don't know if there's some deal to be had. I, I mean, I kind of doubt it, frankly, because they. I I just don't know if the instability in the Middle East right now changes some of the willingness, maybe, for at least a number of Democrats yeah. to say, "Hey, we just got to have somebody in here at this point," and and maybe and I assume it out of those those people, it would be McCarthy they would do that with. Um, I assume. Now, I don't know. Who knows what kind of deal can be made there Mm -hmm. in the background? Um, Some potentially potentially good news, encouraging news uh, in the fight against pancreatic cancer. Uh, Tests with new vaccines, actual vaccines for cancer have had some success, and they've entered into new trials.
9: A team of researchers at the University of Massachusetts reporting their experimental pancreatic cancer vaccine that uses genetically altered salmonella bacteria set off an immune response that cleared 43% of pancreatic tumors in mice and prevented the cancers from returning. Pancreatic cancer is one of the deadliest cancers. It is the third leading cause of cancer death in the U.S. and claims more than 50,000 lives a year. The next step is repeating the experiment in other animals to ensure the salmonella strain is safe to use in humans. The study is published in the journal Frontiers in Immunology. Sue Gossman, Fox News. So I read
1: a little bit about this. And, of course, pancreatic cancer is is very, very deadly. Um, But they they had found that some of the people who survived it when they didn't necessarily expect them to had had an immune response from their own body to the cancer cells. And so they essentially are trying to to trigger that in other people's bodies um, and and perhaps get the same results that they had with those as well. Okay. And then last but not least. Uh, on the entertainment side of things, there's a little bit of a uh, little bu- bit of buzz growing that we might have a reunion coming up between Jerry and Elaine and George and Kramer.
9: It's been 25 years since Seinfeld ended. <coughs>
10: Co-creator and star of the hit sitcom Jerry Seinfeld hinting a reunion could be in the works. Telling a crowd at a stand-up show in Boston he has a little secret he can't tell... But adding, something is going to happen related to the show's ending. The actor and comedian has previously said a revival of the series is possible. But his latest comments leaving fans even more hopeful. Seinfeld ran for nine seasons from 1989 to 1998, airing 180 episodes. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. That
2: could not be more peak Jack Mitchell. What's that? 89 to 98.
1: Yeah, that's well, age, it started in 89. I was 12 uh in 89, but the so I caught on a little bit later. I the last half of it, but uh, but in reruns over the years I've seen most of the front half. A, a question though, of all the f- super big fans of it, like is this a remake that you would actually want? If they actually went back and rebooted the whole thing? It, it seems like it might be better suited to it than a lot of other shows perhaps, but in the end is it going to Tarnish the original Maybe it won't I don't
2: know I, don't I know. find this one cringy To rewatch Do- like, it, This one's hard For me. Oh the, the I think, Seinfeld Is I, I think cringy? because It's just far enough I was born in 90 So it's just far enough Back really? that i just like yeah, was that funny? Yeah.
1: See, I feel that way more about Friends than Seinfeld. But
2: oh, but I know Friends is cringy. <laughs> like that's the thing is that's an enjoyable cringe.
1: Okay, all right, <laughs> we'll see. All right, at six fifty four, we'll take a break. That's it for your morning drive on KLIN. When you're thinking
0: Huskers, makes a catch, the team touchdown, Nebraska. Think 1499.3 KLIN. They done it. And now, LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Bad boys, bad boys. All right, 657, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and
1: Friends on KLIN. Officer Chad's here with us. Good morning, Chad. How are you doing today? Uh,
3: very well, very good.
1: Well. You want them to bring Seinfeld back? I was not a fan.
3: You were not a fan no, originally, so I, you probably no. don't want more of it here at this point. No, right? I, I guess that's one of those I just could not care less about I, I i didn't find the show funny at all okay all
1: right well it's not my go. thing
3: strong yeah. strong controversial
1: uh, position yeah look I at us in here. here wow
3: maybe this is a little bit indicative of where i ended up in life but yeah. night court loved that show <laughs> night- i love night court. <laughs> really? oh yeah yes.
1: that was a little before that too that was a little earlier uh Man, in time judge harry anderson yeah bull yeah, uh, Roz, Roz, <laughs> yes. Roz was a riot. Yep. All right. All right. Night court guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right.
3: Uh, let's talk about what we're working on. Thinking Crime stoppers today. What do we have? Uh, we have that's suspicious. Again, I don't make the names up on these, but <laughs> a resident in the area of 73rd and Rokeby caught a late night visitor on camera in the backyard of his residence. Individual went through the backyard, looked through a small opening in the curtains of the back door. The um, person was wearing gloves, a mask, had a couple bags with them. It's pretty clear that they were probably casing the house, looking to see if anyone was home so they could break in and, and burglarize the place. Uh, the next one is Peace Out. This one is uh, about 11.30 on the 20th of September. The victim in the case parked his white pickup truck at the Quick Shop near 48th and Calvert, ran inside, and you guessed it, left it running. While he's was in the store, he... Happens to look out and see some dude jump in. Oh my gosh! And back out, back out, and take off while he's running out trying to stop him. Another citizen or community member sees this happen, waves a guy down. They jump into his truck and they follow the stolen truck. Oh, Whoa! Well, they they end up losing sight. We get the vehicle recovered. Um, couple things here, folks. Please, please, please. With the cold weather coming, don't leave your vehicles running. Don't leave your keys in them. Um, Take away the opportunity for the crime, and the crime just can not happen. Mm-hmm. And second, if you see your stolen vehicle driving away, please don't follow it. Yeah, You have no idea who's in the driver's seat, who's right. what they're going to do, what they're capable of. Please just call 911 and wait where you're at. Yeah, 100%. All right. Uh, more at
1: LincolnCrimestoppers.com. If you can offer some help, you can figure out how to do it there. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Talk guys. to you later. 7 o'clock,
4: KLI on Lincoln.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 51 degrees in the capital city at 709,
1: October 11th, 2023. Do you think this is like a uh, holiday over... Uh... Over at 1011 News, October 11th.
2: Ooh. On 1011 Day. Happy 1011 Day. Yeah.
1: I mean, we don't really have a, a 1499 three-day so much.
2: Yeah, we kind of do, don't. It, just,
1: it doesn't really work. I guess January 4th, sort of. <laughs> but we, it doesn't really work. Doesn't, doesn't work quite as cleanly, does it? Anyway.
2: Uh, Janu- January 4th, 2000. January
1: 4th, that was it, right? We missed it.
2: Ah, dang. Just just missed it. uh,
1: Next, uh, (laughs) Do
2: you guys know when the next Hayley's Common is? uh, (laughs) 900
1: some more years. till we get to try that one more more time. All right, so what chapter on Wednesday? Right now, this is a segment that for years we have uh, given to you, the listeners, to have as a space to vent a little bit, to get some things off your chest. Tell us what's bothering you, if anything. And it doesn't have to be something that's Huge, major, you know, typical talk radio fodder. If you don't want it to be, it can just be little things in life that drive you nuts. And sometimes we hear these and we're like, yeah, that's me too. And it feels kind of good. It helps. Makes you feel better as you go throughout your day. So let's get it going with that. 402 479 Talk or text. And also Facebook.com slash LNK today, which basically had nothing on it this time. Usually pretty busy with comments, not today. So it does make me always wonder when this happens, are we close, closer to creating the utopia that we set out to? We will see if that is true. All right. Starting things out today on the phones is Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. What's happening your hide today?
9: Well, first I have to ask you if you went through this with your puppy. Okay. Because my puppy is driving me crazy. Mm-hmm a lot of times i have i wake up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom well the dog is sleeping in the crate right next to the bed i have another one that's on the bed and another one on the floor so i got three <laughs> they're all different sizes yeah but i when well, if i get up it's i have to be like a ninja because <laughs> i have to crawl across the bed Not waking the puppy on one side, not bumping the other one that's in the bed, and stepping over the one on the floor, and then do the same thing coming back. And it's just like when you see those movies where they're maybe making a jewel heist, and they have those... Way, yes. You know, yeah. yes, yeah, Mission Impossible.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I've got to weave in and
9: out. That's exactly what I think I'm doing. I'm being a ninja in the middle of the night to not wake up to puppy. Did you ever have to do so, that with yours? So I
1: didn't have three, so it was a little easy. I only had one ray to get around, essentially, <laughs> unlike yes. you, who've got multiple of them. But I'll see yes. what Caleb says, but my 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 dog will sleep since he's when he was no longer in the crate. He would either some days he ends up up on our bed, some days he ends up in the bathroom. Like, we have a bit, you know, not the actual oh, toilet sure. part they of like it, it. Right. but like the because he likes the, the cool. F- he likes the cool. Yeah, he likes the cool floor in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where he is when I get up because I wake up before everybody else. It's usually still dark and sometimes he'll go right into the entryway, and before I turn the light on, he's right in the path. And, yes, I've inadvertently kicked him in the past <laughs> when I did not when I did not see him. But, yes, yeah. it, luckily mine does not require a lot of dexterity, just usually stepping over him once I see him. Uh, how about you, Caleb?
2: Uh, well, we've got two dogs in ours. Uh, one's medium size and the other's pretty big. And for, if it's waking, to, like if it's in the middle of the day, my dog the medium sized one the Aussie mix she has to follow me wherever it is so it is she will jump up if i slightly move if i roll over in the bed she looks at me if it's the yeah. middle of the night or when i get up at 4 in the morning those dogs do not care yeah. they yeah they do not they don't move he, my, because and i think part of it is they know the routine they know i'm not getting up and then going oh where's he going they go oh he's he's leaving us we're we're not moving
1: that my dog is same. even if i do wake him up he almost never has gotten up the same time i do so Mm -hmm. yeah
9: well that would be good but mine uh, he has to get up and go to the bathroom and go back oh geez so
1: then it's a whole thing you know then you got a half hour of stuff on your hand between you going to the bathroom the dog going to the bathroom settling everybody down yeah i get it
9: oh yes yes so it's been a real nuisance. i cannot wait till he outgrows the puppy stage
1: (laughs) i get it i get it thank you debbie i appreciate it we'll talk to you later okay so I, I have another one related to the, like, mine isn't in the middle of the night that it's problematic. But I will tell you what it happened last night, and you can ask my wife how calmly I react to this. That you know that minute when you you uh, you lay down in bed, right? First thing, and maybe you're going to read a little bit, or look at your phone, or mm-hmm. watch TV a little bit, or maybe just go right to right to sleep. And you're like, oh, finally, right? You're you're actually excited to go to bed, and I'm going to tell you. About about one out of every three nights, that's when my dog decides to go to the back door down a floor and bark <laughs> and decide he gets, has to go out. And it just it makes me so crabby every single time <laughs> because he's not always quick out there. And then so I go lay on the couch and then my whole routine like that is the worst the, the, as, as somebody who's had some struggles with insomnia over the years. It's not as bad as it used to be but the the worst situation with that for me is when you are at that you are at that spot when you're going to sleep where you're not asleep but your thoughts start to get like half dreamy you know what uh-huh. that is and you get brought back from that, and you wake up. That's for some reason the worst for me. Once you get there and you're you're brought back, which it's I'm so not,
2: much harder to go to sleep with, get, once you hit that. Well, if you hit that,
1: back. it's like you're. It, it, it's like it rejuvenates your body for a couple of hours. Sometimes mm-hmm. for me, it is at least. So um, that's that's one of my frustrations, dog wise. Uh, among, um, oh, and then the other thing is the other thing is like here's another one I, I i guess i think it's common courtesy in our neighborhood at least it's what i want to do caleb when i walk my dog is if i see another dog coming the other direction is just is just go down I get out of the go way go on the street go across the street whatever that it is and i'll walk my dog since i'm home at a time that a lot of people aren't because they're you know they have different hours different jobs like i'll take my dog for a walk at 11 a.m on a tuesday like like today, uh-huh. I'll probably take him on a walk at 11 a.m. or maybe later in the afternoon. I can't believe how many people, because so I'm walking, and it's like every corner I go around, there's somebody walking their dog, uh-huh. and I've got to go to the other side of the road. I'm like, how many people are out here? I mean, I I, know I've, I know I'm not working right now, but I thought there would be other people who would actually, right. I thought there'd be way fewer people who would not be working or who would be working right now, so... Anyway, that's that's one of my other. Well, ones. along
2: those lines, where you say if you see someone coming, uh, with also with a dog, you kind of go to the other side. That's kind of what chaps my hide is. If I'm out and it's my wife and my daughter and our two dogs, and we're on we're on the trail, and you're kind of walking through the apartment complex, and there's one person coming at us with one little dog. Why can't you guys just bounce over a little bit? Like I'm not. Do I need to take the whole pack? to to so that there's not this oh, oh the numbers
4: are lower
1: they the numbers are lower on the other direction they're the ones with the responsibility to move.
2: it's easier for them to get gotcha. out of the way gotcha.
1: yeah there I'm learning there's a whole set of
2: there are there, there are some policies. rules
1: around that that i'm I'm just learning all right, oh we got howdy John today on what chaps your hide uh, howdy, good morning, what's chappping your hide howdy
11: howdy it was on great. On vacation. I did miss you guys. That's oh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate but, uh, <laughs> uh, We were in a hotel, and what chaps my head is people who bring their dogs to the hotel. Ooh. From 7 to 11.30, oh. it was... <laughs> oh, no. About 11.30, we hear this... <laughs> and people yelling in the hall, I look out, and there's a pit bull running up and down the hall. <laughs> oh, and like a little dog in the room next to... To us. Yip, 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 yip. People screaming and yelling, and the guy comes up and says, oh, well, I don't know what's going on. We said, Well, you better go in, somebody might have died, you know, and their dogs are freaking out. So they went in, nobody there. They call them. 1130, they show up, and evidently the pit bull had scraped the hell out of the door and accidentally hit the the. The knobs that got out in the hall and of oh. course his friends next door were going. Yip, yip, yip. Oh my gosh, It's chaos! And so they 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 evicted them and told them get the heck out.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds crazy. Well, uh, I hope you eventually got it, some sleep.
11: Oh yeah, and speaking of dogs, anybody who's smart Hamas, they got those dogs. They got to you got to have your brain disconnected from your body. Those people are just terrible. Yeah, it was
1: bad. It was bad. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it awkward transition there but yes um wow uh we had there were dogs in the hotel we were at last week and we went to iowa for a wedding and um yeah which it's funny because there was a sign up in the elevator it was like pets welcome in some rooms and those sorts of things and my daughter's like we should have brought our dog with us and i don't know how we would do but it really
2: needs to be that sounds
1: like such a high stress situation
2: it really needs to be a section like a section of rooms to where yeah. it's almost like, hey, smoking or non smoking? Right. Like, yeah. Pets or non pets?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, let's go to some. Uh, since I said there's only one Facebook post, I'll. Uh, yeah, it's from go. Logan. Logan says, cold weather and having no money for Amazon Day deals. Oh. It's not, it's not, uh, yeah, we're not, it's not that bad, the cold weather. Maybe he means what's coming up here. Uh, let's see. Chris says. Uh, Chris Olath says, "My chap is that Debbie even has a chap. Seeing that she has herself a fantasy Husker pick, Chris is desperate for a fantasy Husker pick, and she took Bama with it. Right? She she, she took yeah, Bama. She did take I think she took Bama too much on reputation." Yeah. I think she just kind of said, "Hey, Bama's always blowing everybody." I don't know that that's the right. Pick I guess c- I could, I be could wrong. have
2: seen that pick somewhere in the eight, nine, ten range. but Number two off the board
1: because who do they play? Do we know they're... Arkansas? They're, Arca- oh, Arkansas is pretty bad. Maybe they. Maybe they have a shot at that. Chris is jealous. Chris would take Bama. Yeah,
2: Chris, uh, Chris has had a, a a pick this this fall. Oh, has he? I'm All pretty right.
1: sure. <laughs> uh, he he really wants that. That uh, pizza from Valentino's in Alumni Hall gear. Really wants it.
2: Oh, uh, as I look back through, I don't think Chris has had a pick all wow. this fall.
1: Uh-oh. Mm. All right. Uh, Chicken Rich says, what chaps my hide is a Husker football bye week. The Huskers are pulling together. Wins now, and I have to go a weekend before I get to see another one. I guess I'll just do yard work. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of a... It's It's weird, because there are so many years, Caleb, where the bye week came, where we were all like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, good. Can't lose thank, this week. Thank goodness. And you kind of are that way, too, just to get healthy, and not because things weren't—there's still a lot to address here at this point, but I get what he's saying. Like, mm-hmm. a whole—you Oh, oh you get used to the Saturday rhythm, and I enjoy it. I think my, I think my wife is probably— Glad that there's a, a week off and a more productive Saturday coming <laughs> in my future. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kinda sad too. I'm with you. Uh Midtown Dave says what chaps his side is Frito Lay. Packages keep getting smaller and smaller. Shrinkflation, they call yeah, it. Yeah, that's what that is. That's that's what they call it. That said, have you guys seen uh the uh the new we, I, these are the ones I had when you came over to my house on uh the new chips,
2: oh yeah, that I had
1: when you came over to my house on Friday night for the game, so you know how they have the okay, they've got the tostito scoops that have been around for a long time, like twenty years, I think, right, and they're kind of shaped like a mini taco salad bowl mm-hmm. essentially, uh, but they don't stand up very well to like. Tough dips, tough is not the word that I'm thinking. of, more dense dips, mm-hmm. essentially, like they'll they'll crack under pressure. Like you do one of those like Velveeta cheese dips, they might crack. So Fritos for for a long time has had like a sort of double ply boat shaped chip,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and th- that is their version of the scoops, which is a sup- it's just a superior design to what Tostitos has had in the scoop chips brands. Tostitos has adopted the Fritos, the 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 Fritos build, the Fritos ch- uh, chip design with the tot- Tostitos chip itself now, and I had that for my chicken enchilada dip when um, when Caleb came over to watch the game with me Friday night, and it was gr- it was great. It was a great chip innovation. Yeah, it I got to tell solid. you, it was one of the best chip innovations in a long time. So I was impressed by that. Anyway, that's not really Chaps' my hide stuff, but I agree with him on the uh, bags getting smaller and smaller. Uh, and Dandy Dave with a with one of the greatest hits on what Chaps your hide, Chaps my hide. Monday morning gas prices in Lincoln typically forty cents higher than Omaha. Dealer Dave, or excuse me, Dandy Dave. I got to get my textures straight. Dandy Dave playing the hits because that's one. Yes, I agree with and have seen many times. Many times on the what Chaps Your hide over the years. Uh, all right, do we get through everything there? Uh,
2: just added two more on there. Cam the man says when the Casey's breakfast pizza is out. Ooh. Yeah, did you
1: know? Ran- random thing I've noticed. Well, I guess it's not necessarily Casey's, uh, but the I guess it's at the High V Fast and Freshes. They get the pizza in before they get the breakfast sandwiches in. They, get, they don't have any breakfast sandwiches in at, like, 5.15 in the morning, but they usually have the pizza out at that point. Okay. Which, I don't know why. I feel like that's useful information for someone. <laughs> I don't know what exactly. So, <laughs> oh, moshpit Pit Chad, what is this? What, uh, what chapter has had boomers that can't figure out basic technology like logging into a website and try and act like it's everyone else's fault? Wow. Little is that a, sh- a shot fired for generation collaboration right there? Wow, we got the week is off. That some, is that bulletin board material for Mark Vale? He didn't hear he this, be. he's on vacation. Yeah. Sure he's, he's, he's listening, out. Yeah. Sure he's listening. Well, we'll tell him that Mosh Pitch had said it, we'll, we'll let him know. So, yeah, a week off for generation collaboration is that kind of stokes the fires for this. We get back to it a week from tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be the 19th, and we have two episodes of generation collaboration left in this series. The 19th and the 26th. And then where the standings are at that point, going to have a winner. The Millennials shot at being dethroned for the first time in this competition. And the entire city is buzzing about it right now from everything I'm, I'm hearing. All right, we'll take a break at 725. Check sports coming up next on KLIN.
4: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot...
0: It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIM. All
1: right, let's get things started today in The Morning Drive with number five.
2: Nebraska voters will decide whether the Opportunity Scholarships Act, also known as School Choice, should be repealed or retained in the November 2024 general election. At least 61,308 signatures were required to add the petition referendum to the ballot. Secretary of State's office said county election officials verified more than 91,000 valid signatures, which exceeded that
1: threshold. So it will go to the ballot in 20 24 so when you're voting for Nebraska's US Senate seats Nebraska's house seats Nebraska's legislative seats the, the president all of those other things potentially some other petitions <laughs> about medical marijuana and how many sick pages leave. is this
2: ballot gonna be it, it, it's gonna be
1: a it's gonna be a big election in, in both Senate seats by the way so yeah you can add it to that whole list and so that means you've got over a year Caleb now of essentially fundraising campaigning getting out the message on this whole thing my my gut reaction gut reaction to how it's going to do at the at the, at the polls is still that is that it'll be close but i think that the bill will stay in force meaning that the the referendum would fail it'll be retained that's, that's okay. my guess but i feel low confidence in that right now and part of me wants to see what the next few months look like in terms of... I think this is going to be a, even a more important one than usual in terms of getting the message out. Frequency, clarity, what the arguments are for and against this uh-huh. thing. Over through advertising, through obviously people speaking and getting earned media and all of those things as well. I think, I think it might still be swingable. And this is a guess and speculation to me. Uh, Based on watching elections for a lot of years, but but there, as we talked about earlier in the show, it's not. There are some easy some uh, type initiatives or issues where it's easy to say, well, you know, Nebraska tends tends to vote Republican for the people who are in office over Democrat or otherwise, and so you can kind of apply that to this question. There's some of that here. But I think there's also some unique situations in some rural areas and some urban areas where there are people on the other side of this issue than you might think. Uh-huh. And I don't know how much of that there is. That's the question here. And probably someone who had a better sense of both of those areas could speak to this better than I can and just how widespread that feeling is about those. And we've talked a little bit about that, especially in, in the more rural areas, Kara, Kayla. But that's why I, I just think... I think the messaging, the frequency of endorsements might matter on this one. We'll see.
2: I think there's going to be a lot of we'll money see. thrown at it, too.
1: Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, they had... There, there was... There's obviously money and volunteers that were out there significantly when it came to the signature gathering efforts and the decline to sign efforts that were out there at that time. So that may be the case, and there's time for that to happen as well. So there you go. A little preview of your 2024 ballot. One thing that will be on it in the state of Nebraska.
2: Number four. Yesterday, Mayor Leary Gaylor Baird, who will actually be joining the show this next hour as well, delivered her State of the City plan, outlining her plan to make Lincoln the quality of life capital of the country, which includes 13 pillars that she outlined. What do you think needs to happen to get Lincoln closer to the pinnacle
1: for quality of life? I mean, you ask 20 people this, you'll get 20 completely different answers. Well, so there's only
2: 13 pillars. There's so like 13, uh, yeah, only 13. Ask 13 people, people. You'll get 13
1: <laughs> different answers on, on what, you know, what is quality of life. I, I went through the pillars at the beginning of the show, and we got several texts, Caleb, informed me that people said the thing that you needed for quality of life was for taxes to go down. So Just there's a taxes. lot of people who that's front and center for them in terms of of quality of life. There are a lot of people who are kind of like big time roads people, very I mean very very focused, very think that would make the biggest difference is really to to get the roads fixed and the roads dealt with. Um depending on, you know, and then depending on what sort of individual issues that you're you're talking about, right? Safety, education, all of these things. I mean, I, it's a little hard it's a little hard. That means such a different thing uh-huh. to so many people. I don't even know what it means to me, to be honest. Right? Uh-huh. Like, I don't... If, if I had to sit down and say, hey, this is what I, what I need here to improve my... The biggest thing I need to improve my quality of life is get rid of these stupid winners. But,
0: like, <laughs>
2: with, honestly... What's like, controllable? It, yeah.
1: Of, most of the, A lot of the stuff is, is completely uncontrollable um, for, that I think of first with this thing. And so it's interesting to hear what different people think on on that whole thing. I don't have a great... I don't have a great answer for myself, um, and even if I did, it doesn't matter, because a lot of people would feel very differently than that.
2: Yeah, but the, the biggest thing that that comes to my mind is affordable housing.
1: That's a big one. And
2: I know that gets talked about, but what we've also seen with with housing prices over the last couple of years, I know it's really hard to tackle that. Right.
1: And that's a pillar. It'll be interesting to see what that means, though, exactly, what how, how affordable housing is defined there. Uh, one of the the pillars is projects that will create or rehabilitate 2,000 high-quality affordable units over the next four years. Um, it'll be interesting to dig into that a little bit more on what that means. But yeah, like I said, depending on what part of life, what portion of life that you're in, where your financial situation mm-hmm. is, probably where your politics are, um, specific situations that you've got, that's really going to look... Differently, yep. Um, well, yeah,
2: affordable is different to different people because there there are places that, as we we've, we've talked a lot about our housing search the last couple right. of years, there are places that sure are affordable, but man, I don't know if I want to take a family there, that type of thing. Yeah. So, the, the, so the quality of the the housing as well,
1: right? Um, you know, one of the
2: big things that they've
1: got will be interesting is the multimodal transit center. Uh, that they're going to, to build what I mean, essentially used to be a bus station, uh-huh. but it sounds like they've got bigger ideas on that, um, which, you know, I think makes sense for the city to have that, okay. have have something like that that is, and this would be, I believe, just south of the city county building. It's been talked about a little bit. So okay. we, we had heard about this in the past, yeah. in that parking lot essentially there, um, but, you know, Again, that goes to, to quality of life, but only something that that would be that's not necessarily used by everyone. And so that's what what a lot of these things are. And, th- and then there are things that just make sense. That you know, the co-responder program. I think there are going to be a lot of people behind where LPD has partnerships with Centerpoint and and other mental health professionals that they get called out for a mental health call, and there's a co-response with the police, both and the mental health professionals. Um, I just, I know that's something that people within LPD have been talking about for a long time and that, that that's essentially something that they're dealing with that that they're not necessarily directly trained to deal with and takes up a lot, a lot of time and goes into taking them away from other things sometimes. Perhaps that helps with that situation. So there's a lot of different things. We'll get into some of it with the, the mayor. Everybody's got a different... <laughs> Everybody's got a different need for quality of life. Everybody's got different things that they want, and so we'll see how much of that can actually be achieved with this.
2: (laughs) Number three. A couple of injury notes from Coach Matt Rule for Nebraska football yesterday. Marcus Washington, the wideout, out for the season with an ACL tear. As Rule says, that means the freshman wideouts have nothing to do but have to be ready. Yep. And then for the quarterback position, Rule said Jeff Sims is 100%. He was the original starting quarterback for the first two games. He's been the guy that this coaching staff brought in from the transfer portal. But Rule did say that if a game was being played on Tuesday, Heinrich Harburg would still be the guy getting the start. I was surprised by that. Just
1: be, just on the other stuff that I was hearing, not necessarily in principle, but also a little, a little
2: bit in principle. Also, the but way rule has walked the line on that over the last month, it kind of seems like yeah, the
1: door was always sort of being held open a little bit for Sims, and so I still don't know if I even I still don't know if I even believe it.
2: Here is the thing: based on based on everything Rule had said ahead of all four of those starts for Heinrich Harburg, and now to say this. Tells me, well, Jeff Sims is going to start against Northwestern.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Just saying, look, you got the sense it was going the opposite direction and the other thing happened. So that's what you're saying on this one, too.
2: We're playing the odds here. I don't know.
1: There's a part of me that still wouldn't be surprised if he wants to see both of them in game action at this point after Sims is healthy.
2: And there's a good potential that, based on your schedule... Northwestern sets up as that team. Now, Northwestern hasn't completely fallen apart in, in, in ways that some may have imagined after the, the Pat Fitzgerald stuff and the way last year went. They, they're, they're three and three also. Yeah. But they, they also do look like a team that your defense can handle. Probably see both quarterbacks at Memorial Stadium on the 21st.
1: I wonder, I wonder what goes in, you know, what all is, is going in to that decision. And, and we don't we don't necessarily know, right? But
2: and I'm sure you'll get into this with John Bishop in a, in about an hour. But a big interesting note that we had talked about we weren't sure Rule would have wanted to say what he did in fall camp about Anthony Grant and the fumbling issues, and he more than doubled down yesterday. Man, talking about Anthony Grant can play in the NFL, but he can't he can't play for me. And he can't play for Nebraska if you're going to fumble the football and he's had that issue and he's working on it through the bye week and I'm just thinking that running back room has been ravaged there there aren't a whole lot of other options and also if you are leaving the door open for Jeff Sims what does that that accountability look like if Sims does come back and keep up his pace of one turnover per quarter
1: yeah 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 he gets Anthony Grant gets a lot of a lot of guff per fumble I will say
2: uh, I, 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 what I do like from from Matt Rule, and he's obviously it sounds like he's been been tough with Anthony Grant, and he's been he's been a really straight shooter on Heinrich Harburg. He comes out and he says what it is. There, there's no kind of trying to gloss over some things. Yeah. He's very upfront about about these guys. But the thing that he adds on to it is he needs to help Anthony Grant get better so that Anthony Grant can do what he needs to do to play. It's a lot about. The coaching staff needs to do better for the players so the players can do better to get themselves on the field. It's accountability, and it works its way all the way around for them. But he also talks about how coachable the players are. I think that that makes them a, a staff that players want to play for, that they know they're not going to be babied. But also, you can go earn your way into this lineup.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, should be inter- I don't know what else you're going to
1: do at that that position exactly if you're not going with him. So I guess, I guess Emmett Johnson. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get what he's saying. Although it's still Anthony. There have been some bad fumbles for Anthony Grant at bad times, but it's not like there's been not this historically. W- but not like this. He's had three fumbles this year. Yeah, uh, two of which were lost uh, in. 64 carries. I would say that's not what you want, but it's not like compl- just in the realm of fumbles per carry. It's not like in the complete basement of the thing either. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting. I'm sure that there are probably players in the conference that are are very comparable, right? That you don't necessarily think of them as fumble machines. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm. Yeah, I was uh, uh, given the given the limit. I think he must be talking to him, and I think he must know how, what motivates him. Yeah. I think that must be it. That mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best explanation. Hey, hey,
2: there are some thing. guys that perform better when their issues are made public. Yeah, And I yeah. think that was something that a lot of people liked. Not to bring up the 90s in Nebraska football, but when you had media at every practice and they were writing down all of the stats, mm-hmm. everything those guys did at all times was public. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number two. Storms tonight, as Lincoln and much of eastern Nebraska could see possibly severe storms tonight as a front will move through in the evening hours. National Weather Service says large hail is the primary threat, but also damaging winds, flash flooding, and even a few tornadoes possible. Yeah, it's just kind of a little bit of an unstable situation with it
1: warming up and the, the front moving through. If we do get... Something, whether it's severe or not, it should be something that's fairly quick quickly moving. Again, we're talking about the evening hours, six p.m. to ten p.m. I think were the numbers that the National Weather Service gave with this thing for the eastern portion of the state. Nebraska's mm-hmm. in uh, a slight, the, the, the two out of five in terms of the risk number on okay. this, and so just something to, more than anything, something to. Keep in mind, if you're going to be out and about tonight or making plans to do yard work or mow or something tonight. Yeah, so. if
2: it does get bad, we'll, we'll let you know here on KLIN. Also, a note talking about storms. There's the potential for the storms tomorrow as well. Yeah. That high school football game at Seacrest has been moved up to a 430 kickoff.
1: Oh, really? Interesting. Um, I want to see if there's a... Uh, I'm just going to look at the outlook, the Storm Prediction Center outlooks for tomorrow, if it's more significant. No. It's not... Not really. Not not much more different than what we've got today, so. Alright, moving on to finish things out today.
2: Number one. Hyper Sandler's semi-annual taking stock with teens survey is out. The data was released Tuesday and shows once again Chick-fil-A is the favorite restaurant brand among US teenagers with sixteen percent of the demographics vote. Starbucks came in at number two, then McDonald's, Chipotle and Raising Cane's. Interesting.
1: Are you... So Raising Cane's, I, I for some reason, and maybe it's more of a local thing just because they're Chick-fil-A is still not as ingrained in the culture here as it is in the South. But here I feel like Raising Cane's is the strongest brand with teens for some reason.
2: Yeah, can, Cane's is and really strong. Here's
1: yeah. my theory why is because so many kids grow up always ordering chicken nuggets that... You get there, and it's like your slightly more grown up version of the chicken nuggets that you ordered at every single restaurant at that point. Yeah, the
2: older you get, you not, s- you, you flip them from uh, nuggets to strips. Yes, the chicken strips.
1: Yes, exactly. What? Uh, let's see. Ch- was Chipotle in there? Yeah, Chipotle, Chipotle was on there. Okay, Chipotle. That yeah, Starbucks, the other that...
2: McDonald's, Chipotle, raising canes. All of those behind yeah, Chipotle.
1: Yeah, that's kind of. McDonald's still being up there is interesting, don't you think?
2: I think I think I McDonald's mean, is just your that's a that pretty big accomplishment,
1: honestly. Yeah, to, because I feel like a lot. Well, you know, we saw the issues Burger King has had. It's I do some of those less fresh brands, especially in the burger world, that have been there a long time. They haven't they haven't done as well Mm -hmm. uh, with the younger crowd, so it's kind of impressive what they've been able
11: to do.
2: Well, apparently part of what helped McDonald's are like the Grimace Shake Challenge on like TikTok. Do you you even know what that is? No clue. You don't even know what that is, and you're on TikTok. (laughs)
1: I have no idea what that what that is there, so <laughs> interesting. All right. We will uh, take a break right now at 756. You're to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Hear the Huskers, home and away.
9: Got
0: it! Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com.
4: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's.
6: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar forty-nine. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
7: Ba da
4: ba ba ba.
0: Chris Offgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, is the fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, real quick, your
1: fantasy Huskers keyword for pick number six. Lincoln. Lincoln. L-I-N-C, capital L-I-N-C-O-L-N. Lincoln. Lincoln. But the capital doesn't matter for the tech system. Uh, your chance to get a pick in fantasy Huskers where you're adopting another top 25 team, a different top 25 team for one week. This week, and uh, the one that's going to score the most points, that's what you're picking. So if you text that in, you get a chance at getting a pick, potentially getting that prize pack from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. All right, uh, yesterday was the State of the City address from Mayor Leary, Leary and Gaylor Baird, uh, and she joins us to talk a little bit about that right now via phone. Good morning, Mayor. How are you doing today?
10: I'm well. Good morning, Jack
1: good to talk to you um you you, it was an aggressive kind of an aggressive goal on this whole thing um you said one where we are we are in an era where we are poised to become the quality of life capital of the country uh create a quality of life that sets the golden standard we were just talking earlier about how to define the word quality of life and how everyone kind of defines it differently how are you defining it for the purpose of these goals
10: Well, I think that when people think about what makes Lincoln special, they think about the people and the quality of life that we have here. This is a place where you can have time for the people you love. You can earn a good living. You can have your kids go to really high-quality schools. You don't have the long commute times of other bigger cities. And we certainly are a safe community with Ever more going on downtown in terms of arts and cultural opportunities and sporting events. So, I mean, we have the total package in Lincoln, and that's what I want. That's the message I want to put out on a national stage as we, you know, compete for talent and businesses to come here as we try to retain our young people and as we continue to grow our community
1: continuing from kind of just a a general large standpoint here and then we'll, we'll zero in more on some of of the individual things then what are the areas you know there are obviously some areas that you're focusing in on that you're hoping to improve things to add some new things here more general most generally kind of what what are those areas that you think that can can boost lincoln into that top level that you're talking about
10: well, we're working on creating an even more dynamic downtown with other stakeholders and community partners. We know that's really fundamental because um, downtown is the heart of our community, and so we are working on building a new downtown park that will help catalyze the further development towards South Haymarket that will create a destination for our families uh, who want to come and enjoy the beautiful playground we'll build, an interactive water feature, a dog run, and of course an in-ground skate park that we think can host competitions for skateboarders and um, be just an amenity for every day as well. And that park not only will be you know, a wonderful amenity and catalyst for further development. It's also something that will help support what we see as this organic transition happening downtown here in Lincoln and across the country. Downtowns are seeing a big shift with increased residential living. So less office downtown, more residential living. And this park will really help support that trend.
1: Let, let's talk about, um, some of the, the objectives for making Lincoln, uh, safer, healthier that you had talked about. One of the things that interested me was the co-responder program that mm-hmm. you discussed, uh, because it, this is something I feel like I've heard about from law enforcement and leadership for, as being an issue for, I don't know, since I've been doing the show, really, what, 17 years of, of doing this. Um, and so as I understand it, and you can clarify to me, but essentially when LPD gets calls that are mental health-related calls, this will add mental health professionals to provide basically enough to respond along with police. Has that been happening a little bit before? Is this something that's completely new? Uh, what, what, where's the status of this? So has it been, at least I should say?
10: Right. Well, we have a longstanding relationship with the Mental Health Association of Nebraska, and we've worked with peer specialists over the years to try to make sure that there are the kinds of supports and referrals to services that calls coming into the police department related to mental health challenges can be best supported. And so we do have experience and a very compassionate response today. But as we see the number of mental health calls for service, Be a growing number, or maybe the more increased over time. That's that's a trend. Then we want to build our our sort of resources to address those calls with professionals that can both meet the needs of those citizens in need and also potentially reduce the burden on our officers who should be answering calls that absolutely require pure law enforcement action. Mm -hmm. So we just got a $550,000 grant from the Department of Justice to help accelerate our work in this area. And we'll be working now with CenterPoint as a partner through that grant to really provide more enhanced crisis intervention and better outcomes for residents who are experiencing mental health challenges. And uh, this is an opportunity to grow our capacity to to co-respond as needed when calls come in and is is
1: the thought that then because i know law enforcement has said hey this is something they could use you know help with the people who are trained in a different way in the past so i know it's been something that has been needed and and wanted at least in some of those communities is the thought then that shortens the time that the officer is is involved or that how does it free because they're still responding the officers still responding at that point how does it free them up for more time
10: well, potentially if they go on a call and co-respond and then it's determined that CenterPoint could take it from there, mm-hmm. then potentially they can leave that scene and move on to a call that does require law enforcement action. Or they're able to, you know, not be alone on that call. They have additional support depending on the level of crisis that a person is experiencing. So it's it's uh, it's, it's an ability to continue to collaborate and enhance our community policing model uh, in ways that provide additional support to our officers.
1: Let's talk about- about some of the, the growth, uh, growth objectives that you outlined. I want to start with affordable housing because when we were kind of talking ahead of this, what we thought might be uh, might be topics. we that one was pinpointed. And in fact, there was one person in the room who said that would be the number one thing about quality of life that could could make a difference for for that person here in the capital city. First of all, when we say, I, this is another thing where I feel like affordable housing can meet mean multiple different things to multiple different people. When you identify it as as a pillar in this plan, what does affordable housing mean exactly, or what is
2: needed at this point?
10: Right. Well, when I first came into office, we created an affordable housing coordinated action plan to identify sort of what are the needs in Lincoln and then what are some tools that can help us address those needs. And so what I want to be really clear about is from City Hall, we will support and continue to support the growth of housing stock at every price point. We are responding to developers coming in with projects that are market rate, that are targeted at affordable, and we will continue to do that work because growing the overall supply of housing also helps take pressure off the cost of housing in our community. But we are targeting our incentives and infrastructure and working with folks who are trying to uh, reach an affordable housing standard um, that is helping particularly people who are between like 30% of area median income and 80% of area median income. Because those are folks who are vulnerable to potentially becoming uh, homeless or unsheltered, um, and we have an ability to try to prevent that from happening if we have more rate- rates, both rental and home ownership, that are. That are in within their reach, mm-hmm. so that is where we are targeting our limited resources. At the same time that we are continuing to support housing at every price point.
1: Okay, so it, yeah, that that answers that answers the <clears throat> excuse me that answers the question there because you, I understand that you've got two you've got people who are like you said in that. In, in that range below the median income line you're talking about, that could be on the line between homelessness. Mm-hmm. And then you have another another situation, which I think you're alluding to, where you've got people who are starting a family and they're living in an apartment and they want to expand to a house, but they've got to get a mortgage with interest rates and and the way that the market is, they get snapped up in seconds. And so <clears throat> these are kind of, it sounds like you're saying these are two kind of concurrent things that go into this this whole process.
10: Yeah, that's right. And so we'll continue to look for different ways to cultivate resources. One thing we did over the past four years was work to expand the community development financial institution in Lincoln to not just help small businesses, but also help support affordable housing. And we have directed nearly a million dollars toward that organization to build their capacity to provide financing to developers who are doing affordable housing projects because, you know, the math has to work for these kinds of projects to come to life. So by creating additional financing mechanisms and using that sort of partnership with other Banks to help provide the resources that are needed, the capital that's needed to get these projects off the ground, that's another way that we're trying to help both increase the supply and and increase the affordability.
1: You also talked a little bit about the Multimodal Transit Center that is going to be constructed. I believe it's in the design phase right now. I remember hearing about it few months ago, I think, uh, I believe south of the city-county building on that parking lot that's there was the idea. Can you just, I guess, give us kind of an update on on that plan, the timeline, and and what it's going to look like?
10: Yeah, we are really working hard to get the design phase done, and so we can move on to construction. That design's underway. We've selected a design firm locally and hope to have that design completed by the end of 2024. Again, this is all in service to making sure that we have a more efficient public transit system, one that is both helping people you know, get to work or to school, but also enhancing the driver and rider experience and advancing some of our climate action goals and making it easier for people to move through our community. And to that end, we, we got a historic federal raise grant. Our LTU team secured a $23.6 million federal award, so that will pay for the bulk of the cost to build the multimodal transit center.
1: I want to talk about uh, investment in streets. Obviously, a, a topic again that some people are going to bring up as the top priority that they've got when they're talking about quality of life um, mm-hmm. and, and just the entire transportation portion of of this whole thing. Uh, I, I know you talked about about uh, ninety eight million dollars over the next couple of fiscal years to work on 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 streets, whether that's construction or or rehabilitation. Is this when you're going through this process you're finding that, that you know then there's always needs you fulfill the, the highest priorities at that point and it's just a matter of can you put more resources put more money into it or do you kind of is there a, a way that you can look at the strategy and change it and, and and try and do that I'm just kind of when you when you announce sort of the vision of this and look forward to the future is is anything changing about it or is it just kind of the same hey we got to keep up with this we got to we got to make sure we're investing in this.
10: Well, we definitely have guidelines from the voter-approved Lincoln on the Move initiative, so we have that quarter cent sales tax that actually provides some real guideposts with how we deploy these dollars, some some of these dollars, not all of them are Lincoln on the Move, but for those that are Lincoln on the Move, we have a balance between supporting new construction and a lot of the work that supports new growth of housing stock on the edge of our city, some that has to go uh, towards the project, the Cornhusker Safety Project near 33rd in Cornhusker, And and then the bulk that is rehabbing our existing street network. And within those guideposts of the Lincoln on the Move initiative and with our other street dollars, We use, you know, a decision lens software program that helps us evaluate the areas of greatest need, but also look at how we do this in every quadrant of the city equitably. And so we have the Advisory Committee on Transportation, a group of residents and community members and leaders who also weigh in based on their experiences and their tours of of different neighborhoods that we've done with LTU. There is a lot of public input and public direction guiding those decisions along with, you know, technical evaluations of which streets are in most need of repair.
1: I want to ask you about, since there's so many different, and I'm not going to get to them all with you today, and people can can take a look at them. But obviously, th- th- some of these are, are grant-funded. You've mentioned a couple of those. Some of these are obviously going to be paid for. We talk about street investments. A lot of that will be paid with budget funds, taxpayer funds, and, and those sorts of things. And there are going to be people who say, hey, we got 13 new pillars here. But we're most concerned about where we're being taxed right now, how we're being taxed. We just saw this whole property tax thing and the pink postcards. And, and this happened all over the state and at different levels of municipalities and school boards and those sorts of things. But what would you say to people who say, hey, we, but the biggest thing we've got to make sure is that we're not spending, that we're keeping taxes down, because that's a big part of quality of life, too.
10: Yeah, well, I think we're really fiscally smart at the city. We run a lean operation, and many of the largest pillars are things we've worked hard with our federal partners and our state legislature to secure significant sums of money to help advance them. For instance, Water 2.0, as we map the route to the Missouri and buy the pipes and the, the right-of-way and the wellfield space, um, we have worked with the state legislature to bring nearly $200 million in support for that project. Federal funds that they are directing our way, so that we can get a big, you know, chunk of that project advanced and underway. Um, the multimodal center, like I said, we we got one of the largest grants in city history for transit, the twenty three point six million dollar federal raise grant. That and that's part of the bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, the co-responder program with our our grant. Um, the youth substance use prevention project that I mentioned with the health department, we're using opioid settlement funds to help fund that project. Um, We have 10 years worth of of funding from that settlement. So we are being very fiscally smart and sound as we undertake this work. And these pillars are, are some of the things I highlighted um, because they will take concerted effort and strategic investment to accomplish. But this is in, in, also just coupling with the Daily services and operations that our sure. residents expect that we fund with our our city tax dollars. Sure,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, Mayor, I appreciate it. It's it's kind of it's a lot of stuff right now. I tried to kind of mm-hmm. get to some of it, encourage people to take a look more uh, at at uh, at this. Any questions that they've got as well, and uh, we'll talk again about it. Maybe we can ask you them uh, at that point. But thanks for your time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. All right.
10: Okay. Thank you so much, Jack.
1: You go, Mayor Lyrian, Gaylor Barrett, eight twenty-five. You're listening to LMK today with Jack and. Friends on K L I N.
0: Cue the Huskers, home and away. Welcome to KLIN. Now streaming live on your Amazon device and at KLIN.com. I will now connect you to the live
4: stream. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks.
0: he's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades it's old timers day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick John Bishop
1: alright 839 welcome back LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN glad to have you back with us John Bishop joins me right now just got to talk to the mayor about the state of the city address John and the uh, the thirteen pillars to make Lincoln the gold standard in terms of quality of life.
5: What do you- I hope? I hope pillars five through seven had something to do with getting rid of unnecessary traffic lights.
1: That, that was going to ask you. What is the biggest thing you need to improve your quality of life in Lincoln, Nebraska? As someone who still wor- lives here but works in Omaha. Definitely getting rid of unnecessary traffic okay. lights. I mean, there's. You know, I can think of
5: at least three on my regular route that's like, why does this light even exist? I don't understand this.
1: No. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily. I mean, that certainly could be a legit one. Yeah. um, Man. It's hard to think. uh, Like, I tried to ask myself the same question. um, And like Caleb right away said, affordable, the affordable pricing in real estate to be able to buy a house here, which is. Well,
5: or, or how about affordable to keep it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. Know, with,
5: with the property taxes or or
1: the, well, that's the And that's what other people ironic. said was lower taxes. Um and I mean it's- obviously East Beltway. I mean, that's that I still think
5: that's more necessary. That was more necessary than the South Beltway, because there's, you know, the traffic flow is still certainly an issue. Now granted that doesn't affect me as much because I'm driving outside of peak hours. Yeah. Um yeah, but me too. You know, travel is still something that's that's there, but you know, there's not a lot. I wouldn't say there's a lot of things that are terribly broke in our city to the point where you're like, "Oh, this is just completely, you know, untenable." Right. Um
1: I know that's you know, kind of how I feel. To, we, it, people get mad at me for feeling that way. So,
5: I'm well, and you know, everyone's got their thing, <laughs> their thing that, right? But, but all the things I listed, they're just they're they're some of them are minor annoyances. Obviously, you know, in, anytime you're talking about taxes. That's that's a whole different issue, yes. but you know the the traffic stuff and and things like that. Those are those are a lot of more minor annoyances. And you if if you get to the point where a city can really zero in on the little things, you know you're in a pretty decent spot. You know for the for the most part. I mean, this city has changed so much in my goodness. How's it been now? Thirty years since I've been in Lincoln, mm-hmm. uh, or close to it. Um, it's changed so much and, and a lot of it has been for the better, you know? Um, yeah, because I can remember when I first started there, one of the biggest, um, drawbacks or complaints was that the old guard was still, you know, preventing a lot of growth and new development. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was, there was kind of a changing of, um, of, of a mindset there, and it took a little while to get there. But I think, you know, especially once the new arena went in and, and, you know, they made changes to the East Hay Market, then you started to see the boom come to downtown Lincoln and, and just how much this place has changed, especially downtown. You know, I don't, because I like to stay on my side of town, I don't get through downtown very often. Yeah. And it amazes me how much, how much different that is and how much more vibrant that is um and how and, residential
1: and how, much the, how much how residential it is how much
5: it's, residential it yeah. is you know uh how much new building there is yeah. it's it's it is incredible how much it is changed you know and i'm having you know now working in omaha um yeah omaha has you know they it's grown in its way but i think lincoln's done a really nice job of maintaining and establishing a strong core and thus, as it grows out, uh, and starts to, you know, expand even further, I think, you know, I think we've got a pretty decent balance. Now that's coming from my perspective. Obviously, there's other people right. with other perspectives. You know, Caleb mentioned more affordable housing and certainly I can understand that there are more apartments going up all the time. Um, but, you know, the, I, I think for the most part, the city is, is in really good shape. Uh, I, I, I really, I really can't sit here this second and say, oh, absolutely, this must change. If this does not change, we're headed for, you know, doom and gloom. There's none of that. And so I credit not just not just this mayor, but all the mayors that preceded her to, you know, getting us to this point, because I think I think Lincoln, for the most part, is in a very good, healthy place.
1: I uh, I've got two things. I don't think the uh, I don't think the city government is capable of fixing any. Well, one of them maybe. The other one, number one, is change the weather. That would be my biggest. <laughs> that would be my biggest. Number one is give me a climate like uh, San Diego type situation. That would be number one. They could help me with my. So Jack Mitchell of
5: here for climate change.
1: Yes. Okay. Change the climate. What, do whatever you do to um, m- m- give me you know winter. I'll take like a few weeks of winter, not not the months, the weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of of winter. So that's number one, and also cut down on the wind while we're changing climate. Uh, and then number two is a some sort of a convenience store gas station set up anywhere between Seventieth and Van Dorn and like Meadow Lane. I <laughs> cannot, I cannot believe. And then you can add in on that O Street, basically. You can get gas at Russ's, but if you want to turn in terms of convenience shop, you've got you've got from 50th and 0 to 84th and 0. That doesn't have one. It is <laughs> unreal. Who does? Is it that there's not land? Is that people don't don't want money because I'm going to guess there's money in that. I'm going to guess there's gobs and gobs of money in that. Well, of
5: course there's money in that as I look. Oh, and that's one thing I didn't mention. How the gas prices on average are 30 cents higher here than they are in Omaha. Yeah. Somebody mentioned, guess what?
1: Somebody mentioned that on what chaps you're at today for like, you know, the 500th time, uh, where that, Hey, as
5: someone who monitors this and watches it every single day, it has been. It has been a consistent. conspiracy. You're right. I mean, Your complaint about lack of gas stations is, is, is very apt.
1: I, um, I, you know, I, we don't have that problem on our side of town. No, fact, we're getting a new Casey's here pretty soon. Of course you are. Where is that? Put that thing on 70th and O, or put that thing on 70th and a holy cow. Just just money. Just back the truck up with money for someone who's willing to do that. Um all right, moving on. Good conversation uh about about the city of Lincoln. But I do want to know what your reaction was. It sounded it sounded, I think. Unless unless you didn't interpret it this way, it sounded like Nebraska's going to stick with Heinrich Harburg as their starter going forward, uh barring something changing according to what Matt Rule said yesterday. Um if that is the case, how surprised are you by that by that revelation yesterday?
5: I'm not surprised. Um I I, I think that, you know, uh you know, Jeff Sims needs to be worked back into the equation, you know, at some point assuming that he's healthy. Uh, but I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised at the moment because, you know, they are three and one. He has protected the football, though I would say that, um, the turnover luck has definitely been on his side because I think he's been close to several other turnovers, especially in the Illinois game. Uh, and, and so that'll be, that'll bear watching here as we get to the second half, but, um, no, I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by it. You know, he's, he's shown a, a toughness, a durability. Um, you know, it, 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 it kind of feels like I hate to say a ticking time bomb, but given how Nebraska's not had the best injury luck. Yeah. This season or any season when it comes to quarterbacks, it's, 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 it's really a testament to his durability. There's a, If I can dare make the comparison, a crouchy and level of durability that uh, Harburg has shown, especially for as much usage as he's had in the running game. He's being used in the running game to a greater degree than any quarterback in modern Nebraska history. Um, You know, we've we've crunched the numbers, and, you know, the quarterback is accounting for 41% of the running total or 41% of the running carries which is higher than any quarterback that we found in the modern era. Um and and for a position that has been beset by injuries in the past and the critics have said well maybe you know they need a better running back run game and that was certainly a talking point a heavy talking point during the off season. It's surprising that it's gone to this but at this point it, it is it is who Nebraska is and they're going to just con- continue to need it. So I would hope at some point that you know Jeff Sims can get worked back into the equation because I think they're they're going to need him one way or another um it was a little concerning to me to hear about how Harburg is kind of wearing down from a conditioning standpoint or a fatigue standpoint later in games and I proffered the question on my show yesterday I mean does this do you plan to you know maybe you know just have Sims take a couple of possessions Every game, yeah. just so that to ensure that you have a fresh quarterback. And I know there's a lot of a lot of people that don't like. I don't believe in a two quarterback system. Well, this if it hasn't become grossly apparent by now, it never will be. Nebraska's trying to make it to the finish line. Right. <laughs> I mean, as many position group as key position group injuries as they've had, wide receiver, running back. Um, this is about getting to the finish line and getting to the finish line with at least three more wins because you would accomplish something that no team has done in several years and it would be a heck of a, a start. And I, and I think, you know, given all of the circumstances, a heck of an accomplishment for a first year team. Matt rules already. He's already exceeded what he has done in his first years at either of his other two stops. Um Not that anyone would be happy with a three and nine record at the end of the day, right. but. You know, I I, I, I think you're going to have to, you know, just find ways and, and be a little creative and, dare I say, do things that are a bit out of the norm when it comes to, you know, preserving guys, keeping them fresh for the end of games, uh, being healthy. And if that means Jeff Sims gets a series or two, so be it. I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I really don't. Um So there's a lot of things to tackle, but, you know, long-winded way of saying, no, I'm not surprised that Harburg is still the starter because he's done enough to merit that position.
1: I know it just sounded like they were always waiting for Sims to get healthy and they were going to bring him back. I just it it sounded like that to me. I'm not saying that I'm surprised on, on anything else other than I just maybe it was a gut feeling. Maybe it was me thinking I was reading in between the lines. I just always thought that's what they were going to do. So I was surprised by
5: that. I hope I hope it's not uh not that Matt Rule necessarily speaks in code, but I hope it's not code for Jeff's not coming along as fast as we thought. Mm. Um yeah. you know, that 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 would be the bad that would be yeah. a bad scenario if, if if he truly, you know, isn't ready. I would guess that's not the case. I mean we have seen him in warm ups. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, because-
1: so I, again i don't think it is i hope it's not though yeah um we'll see well and i don't for the record i don't also have a problem in principle to playing them both and, and even if you would do it once it doesn't it doesn't mean or or do it a couple of times it doesn't mean that you're sticking to playing them both throughout the whole season part of the reason no. you do that john is to evaluate them in games Right? No, not is, at is, all. I don't think you know. If they come out of practice close enough that you're just not sure, you do what you would do with any other position, right? Um, uh, and I don't. I, I think it would be hard to keep that going for. I think eventually it becomes clear one of them is the better choice at that point, and you mm-hmm. eventually start moving that way. But just because you would do it at some point doesn't mean you're you're likely going to stay there for the rest of the year. Is the other right. thing I would add on to that to that debate. Um. Boy, he is really he is he is really getting into give, giving it to Anthony Grant about those fumbles. He's isn't he like is is there any part of you? I, I'll well, I won't even say it that. Way. I'll say it this way: like there have been really poorly timed fumbles by him this year. There have been three fumbles by him this year. Sixty carries. That's not good. That's not also like just completely out of control, horrendous either. Over the entire thing, like, is there a? Do you feel any like? disproportionality between what's happening and the way that it's being addressed and why that might be happening? I would guess
5: that it's because, you know, good coaches know, you know, how to, how to compartmentalize when it comes to how they treat their players. I mean, some coaches are very consistent and treat everybody like dirt, right? Or, or treat everybody like their best friend. Others, you know, they can read the room, and I think, you know, I think with Anthony, it's—I uh, don't think Matt Rule would be saying this in public if he wasn't at least this harsh in private. Yeah, I agree, and 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 my guess is he's taking to it in in such a way where it's, you know, he's like he he mentioned and he mentioned it too after the game on Friday with Harburg like i'm going to coach you hard mm-hmm. i'm going to coach you as if you were the starter
1: mm-hmm.
5: and it's probably a lot it's it's the same thing with with Anthony Grant you know he's already pulled this once already this year mm-hmm. and and you know it's not like grant went on the milk carton forever he came yeah. back and and now they absolutely need him so no i it, it 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 does come across you know pretty we're not used to hearing this right we haven't in the last, you know, gosh, few years, you know, you know, maybe, maybe Bo is a little like this. I, I maybe not as direct sometimes, but this is this is a little different in, in in that you know you're you're basically calling a guy out in front of everybody and saying no, I'm not happy with this. This is not acceptable. But he's also sending a message to the entire team as well. Right. So I, uh, uh, I think he's. I think he's doing this, you know, as a way to motivate Anthony. Um, and he knows, but he knows deep down inside I need him. He's got to be yeah. my guy. Yes. Yeah. You if if you lose Anthony Grant, God forbid what's going to happen with this run game because then you're down to literally people <laughs> who have played just a very small know, handful right? of snaps.
1: At some point you've got no experienced wide receivers left and no running backs left. It's unbelievable. Right. Like right. I know nobody wants to make excuses but this is getting ridiculous uh in terms of I mean 3 out of 4 top wide receivers, 2 out of 3 top running backs at this point are are all out your starting quarterback uh, who may or maybe is no longer your starting quarterback. It's it's quite the deal with his offense. But I agree with you. I think it must be I, – I think he must sense that this is something that's an effective communication tool for him because, like, he could I, – I guess my only thing, final thought on this is just, like, I'm sure he could find ways to call other guys out for specific things, right, that have been as damaging as this has been, right? Yeah.
5: Uh, part of it too. Part of it too may be communicating through Anthony to the rest of the team as well. Yeah, you know, he's a senior. Uh, we, yeah. I mentioned earlier. You know, Harburg's been very close to having a lot more turnovers than he's currently yeah. got on his record. This is this is. He, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can use one key player to kind of send the That's message through thought. him to the entire group. That's an
1: interesting thought because you know you're really not going to bench him, but you can say, "Hey, I'll I'll get after it for turnovers, and if I have to make a change for turnovers, I will." Right. right. And I'm showing you how serious I am. It's an interesting thought about that to end on. All right. Hey, uh, good to talk to you, John. Have a good show today over on our sister station, 1620 The Zone. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Everyone, enjoy your Idol Week. Yes, enjoy Idle Week. There's John Bishop from Unsportsmanlike
0: Conduct on 1620 The Zone, 856. We'll wrap up the show. Tell you about tomorrow next on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Okay, that is it for the show. Tomorrow is the
1: Thursday. I mean, it's Ticket Thursday. we got tickets to Nebraska Volleyball. Ooh, tough ticket to get. Michigan State's coming in, and so we're going to take a break from Generation Collaboration. We'll have another game ready for you tomorrow at 710 to win those. Also on a Thursday morning, we've got the Girl Lincoln team. Robin and Dave will be in, and at 835, we'll talk to the voice of the Huskers, Greg Chart, plus a couple of fantasy Huskers keywords. Should be fun. We'll see you then. 9 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln.